Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Praise God. As we were celebrating today baptisms, I was encouraged. The work of the ministry, I was encouraged. People being added, joined to the church, I was encouraged. But it took me to the first time that I ever was kicked out of church. Now we'll talk about it today. Now I understand kicking somebody out who does bad stuff. Breaks the security protocols, teach bad doctrine, do weird stuff, put those people out. But I was like the poster child of good Christianity in my mind. Choir boy, altar boy, serving in the house, I was a bell ringer. If you don't know what the bell ringers are, you ain't really been in church. I could ring bells. And I had had a encounter with Jesus where I had been filled with his spirit and I had reaffirmed my, my, my faith. I got filled with his spirit. I began to speak with a new heavenly gift that had never happened to me before, speaking in tongues. And I went to my pastor and I wanted to sit him down and I was telling him the story of my journey. And he listened to me. And I thought we were deeply connecting. And he finally said, well, I understand that you're leaving. And I said, yeah, that's what I said. What? Well, I mean, no, no, Pastor. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just telling you, you know. He said, oh, no, you're leaving. He said, that's not how we express ourselves here. And the gifts were in the past. And some type of off thinking has infiltrated your life. And no matter what powerful experience you had, with the Lord, you cannot express yourself here. You need to leave. And then 19 years old, you know, in your home church, I mean, imagine your spiritual leader coming to you and telling you it's over. I left, and you can imagine I went from a spiritual high to the depths of confusion. I didn't know what was right, what was wrong, and I should be extremely happy, but I was extremely sad. And I find that that happens more frequently than not to different people in church settings. And I, I asked myself, was there any other place in the Bible where there was a point where the church itself was propagating the confusion instead of bringing the clarity? And the Corinthian church was that church. They were powerful, no doubt. They were ornate and great and, 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 and big and, and they had it going on, but they had a spirit of confusion within 
and they needed clarity to be brought. And I want you to read the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 2, 3, and perhaps the confusion that entered my life and how God brought clarity, the confusion that was in that church and God brought clarity, there's confusion within the, the universal church of the Lord Jesus Christ that's making us say, um, of Paul, um, of Silas, um, with this group, um, with that group. And there seems to be division, especially in the South when it comes to expression of spiritual gifts. You have the group that wants to stay stoic and that's something to be celebrated. You have the group that wants to get a little loose and that's to be celebrated. But it doesn't seem like they have functionality together. Today I'd like to deal with that. So let's read. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 2, the early service did not do well. I can tell you already, they needed some help. I know that you guys can do better and you will read with clarity, diction, power, rhythm, and togetherness. If you find that your voice is not with the group, the voice of the group, what you do is just file in. Ready? Read. Now, this church was a great church, and according to 1 Corinthians 7 and 1, they were behind in no spiritual gifts. That means all the gifts of the Spirit were functioning within this church. It's something that should make everyone happy, because to have the gifts flowing means that what you need from God is available to you at all times. But not only were these gifts flowing, the people who had recently got born again from being Gentiles or being estranged from God or being pagans who were idol worshipers, they were used to a pattern of living that they didn't get rid of. They just added Jesus too. So it's not just that there were other gods, there were other philosophies, there was other things, and they decided to embrace Jesus and hold on to the practices of the past. And now when you mix all that into a church that had money, had prestige, had, had power, and had the greatest philosophers and the most gifted people, it was hard for them to discern that some was off. Because they would see the gifts in operation and it allowed them to ignore, ignore the sin that was in operation. I feel that what was going on in the Corinthian churches was going on in the church today. And I feel like what was going on in, in my life is that there were some things that were allowed to be in the church that allowed confusion to be there. Now, I want you to understand, I think one of the reasons confusion is there is because there are multitude of powers in the world. Paganism, even though it's a dumb idol, it can't speak, it came here, it can be charged with demonic power. You can be charged with soul power. As long as you don't forget the real power. 
is from him. Now, now, just to help you understand, this kind of concept and, and thinking had been around from the beginning. Remember when Pharaoh, uh, when Moses came to Pharaoh and said, you need to let my people go. For, for, uh, Moses took his staff. For those of you who didn't read it in the Bible, but you watched the movie. You know, let me come over here. Y'all watch the movie. Because they want me to say the costume. Y'all don't know about it. Moses, Moses. Y'all know that. <laughs> All right. He threw, Moses threw his staff down and it turned into a snake. And then the, the magicians of Pharaoh threw their staffs down and it came, turned into multiple snakes. But uh, God's snake ate up all the other snakes to show you that where his power is. But what you see in that is that there is demonic power or magic at the same time that there is godly power. And I think that sometimes what happens to believers is that we, 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 we sometimes either have too much faith in demonic power or so much faith in God's power that we don't believe that there's any other powers. And they had so mixed in the church uh, a feeling of letting the demonic move and also letting the spirit move that they no longer to this Discern the difference and even when they had a spirit of division that was showing them that something is off they couldn't figure it out as a church so they just kept arguing they just kept fighting they just kept saying I'm a Paul and I'm a Paulus and everybody was dividing much like the church today that so easily divides when I don't think like you you don't think like me and we can't get centered in on what God is doing see when God's spirit originally fell on the day of Pentecost, it brought people from different backgrounds together. How is it that the Spirit of God is an activity and instead of coming together, we're being divided? Now remember, he says, nobody, he said, I'm going to give you like a master key here for the church. Nobody speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a cursed. And nobody speaking, but, but, but everybody speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus Lord. So if you want to figure out where the right is and where it isn't, what are they doing with Jesus? If it's Jesus plus anything, it ain't the right thing yet. He stands alone. To make him Lord means he's Lord of your life. He's Lord of the situation. That means the move of the spirit that you think you're having is not based on your humanistic inclination of what needs to happen or be contrived or conjured up. That might be witchcraft. So if you think this way, you can bring the spirit. You can pull the spirit down. You can just meditate long enough and get the spirit. That's a spell. And what happens is, you think you can do it long enough. You can just stand there long enough in the right position. Maybe if you have your arms, maybe if you clap three times, maybe if you go out, maybe if you maybe be a little bit. And now, now you looking crazy. It's like you're trying to flag the Lord down. You got a flag down spirit. Sorry. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> but this mixture of one minute, and, and I'm going to tell you how it shows up. It just, it's not as blatant as you think. The mixture, I'm gonna get, I, I got a great example. It's like the people uh, who, before they go do their concert, you see them, you ever see them get in a circle and pray? Now, everything they're about to say in the concert had nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing. Like nothing. 
They circle up, they put their drink down. Not talking about a responsible drink, I'm telling you, they bust. They look lit. All right, circle up, let's get the Lord in here. And, and they can pray a, a pretty substantial prayer and they can feel God and they think in feeling God, that's his approval instead of his mercy. You think because he, he said the gift and the calling is without repentance and he allows you to still function in the gift for the gift was for the person who needed it. You thought that that was him approving of your life and your behavior and it was not. It's confusion that he got to fix. So this letter that Paul is writing is to get the house in order after he said, y'all the most gifted people I've ever seen in my life. Gifted does not mean you write. It means at least you let his gift be upon you for other people. That's why he said, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter in. He said, y'all cast out devils in my name. You know what I'm saying? So see, his word works no matter what. Works no matter what. We've got to get out of the counterfeit life. We've got to get out of doing it or, or doing it based on our own will and our, and our own knowledge and our own way. I, you know, I, last service I told this story. I'll just, I just tell it again because it's, it's, it's embarrassing to me, but it might help you. You see, when you're, I, 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 was, I was in a station of my life where I believe that I was the most gifted person that I knew. What that looked like is somebody had come to me and they were telling me about God, the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit, and and speaking in tongues and all of that stuff before I had been filled with the Spirit. And I remember telling them, you know, well, I think you're a little off. You know, I went to confirmation class. I've heard about all these things. That was something in the past. And by the way, if God was pouring out his gifts in that way, he would probably pour them out on me before you, because I said this, I really said this, I was in the dining comments at the time, I said I remember exactly where I was standing. And I, I said, he probably poured it out before me, on me before you because I actually kind of live right. You don't. So I don't think God's pouring out his spirit like you're saying. And so, and I said, in fact, if he was, if he would pour out his spirit on you, and not me, after I know how I live and how you live, then I always hey, tell God, I got a problem with you. Why don't you come down here for me and you to have a conversation about that? Because I said, but see, that's what off spirits do. They talk boastful and proud like that. That's the voice of it. That's the voice of it. And don't think, because I'll come back to the story, that you can't speak by the spirit of God and the spirit of Satan, the next voice. Peter did that. Who do men say that I am? Some say that you're Elijah. Some say, who do you say? Uh, you're the Christ, the Son of the God. Well, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father, which is in the heaven. And then Jesus began to tell him that he was going to be crucified and die on the cross and all that. And Peter said, Lo, Lord, I'll never let you die. And then the Lord said to him, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. So in one moment, Peter was saying something that nobody else had said before. And then in the next moment, he's saying something about Satan's Satan. So when you give yourself a pass because you're gifted and you had a moment where God was moving in you, but you don't have a lifestyle that's consistent with his lordship. Maybe you still should check it. And so I went to this house, you know, with the guys. I said, well, let's go, let's go pray. And there were 13 guys in the room, and we began to pray. And something happened to me that is life-altering. We were all circled up, and they began to speak in their heavenly language, and I began to realize something. Oh, this real. 
It wasn't something that spooked me out. It wasn't something that scared me in the sense that I said that this is inauthentic. It was something that made me say, I don't have it right with God. I'm more aware of, of my sin. I'm more aware that I'm not where I should be. And all of a sudden, they're still praying, and I got my eyes open, and, I, and, and, and this was my experience. I don't want my experience to scare you. I don't want you to think my experience is, is, is something that you might find in the Bible. This was a, an experience I had, and I saw what was like a bright light, and it was getting brighter and brighter. So I closed my eyes, but I could still see it. I jumped on the floor, and I could still see it. I tucked my head between my knees, and I could still see it. And I started screaming, Jesus, get away from me, please. And, and when the meeting ended, I didn't know they tell me that, that way. They, I said, Why did, they, they, what was going on? They said, well, we ended the meeting. You were screaming so loud, so long, we just had to stop praying. And in that moment, I realized one of my problems was is I had not fathomed that the God that he could bring me eternal life was that powerful, that cared that much to display his power. And I, when I realized that, that sent me on a search. And I began to search for God. And I began, until I got filled with the Spirit, transformed and had the same experiences that they had because I no longer marginalized it. But yet, when I got back to the church, I was not accepted. And I'm going to tell you, I understand. Let me just not beat up on people who don't accept the gift. I understand because you have extreme people in the world. Charismaniacs. Now, I've been a charismaniac because I'm charis crazy. Because if the, and then I'll give you an example. I'm newly, freshly filled with the Spirit. I'm leading my campus ministry like an ENC. You know, it's lot, over 100 people there that night. Spirit of the Lord comes in, and I'm in the back of the room. But I start feeling the Spirit by myself. I start shaking. And I was just doing one of those kind of moves. It's by myself. Now, it was authentic. I wasn't making it up, but I was just, nobody could see me. I got a, little, I got a couple of hip thrusts. <laughs> and after a while... Every now and then, I just holler out, hey! <laughs> but nobody else was hollering. And in the meeting, you ever, you ever been in a meeting where the spirit has died down and, and, and the nature of the meeting has adjusted from praise and worship, but there's a person in the room that didn't adjust with where the room adjusted? Have you ever been there? Just let me see your hand if you've ever seen that before. Okay, okay, that was me. <laughs> and I'm telling you, now, I'm, I'm ashamed of this, but I feel like I'm going to help somebody today. So, so I was just getting touched. The spirit has died. And I, I ended up on the floor just rolling back and forth from one side of the room to the other. I just had holy rolls. I, I just had some holy rolls. And that turned into getting up on all fours, kind of just like just walking down the aisles like a dog and, and, just, and just getting touched by the spirit. It sounded like a bark, like, whoo! Whoo! Now, this is why the people who are scared of the gifts are scared. This is, it's legitimate. Don't, let's not just talk about them like they don't want to move a God. It's because of those people. Oh, I was one of those people. But it gets worse. 
I got all the way to the front row. A row full of first-time guests. And I end up sprawled across the first-time guests on the front row. Praying in the spirit as the Lord gave me utterance. This is a true story. They, tell, they still tell it in other circles. I said, just take my name out. And after the meeting, they took me. The point I'm making is Jesus' lordship. They took me to the scripture. They took me out to eat. And, you know, and I was the leader of the Bible study, by the way. That means I brought all the people who came. And my leaders from my church sat me down for a correction, but I didn't know I was being corrected, and it was an honor to be, to, you know, get to read the Bible, and they turned me to the Bible and said, James, you read. And they said, read it loud. We was all out to eat. I'm with my leaders. I said, I got this. And I said, they said, the spirit, say it again, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So what you did when you let your spirit got out of control today, and you rolled up on all them guests that told us they ain't never coming back, you didn't have your spirit. They rebuked me in front of all the people. And I said, thank you. Yes, Lord, it won't happen again. Because they were designed to help me not bring confusion within the church. They were designed to bring order. So it's a lot of gifted people out of there, out there that are having an authentic experience. I mean, it's real, the power of God they're experiencing, but that means they still have to have a spirit under control. And when you make sure you're letting Jesus be Lord, he, you, 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 Jesus was smooth. He was walking up on devils just, hey, just come out. And when they want to say something, he says, y'all be quiet. He was just spitting in mud. Just come on over here, brother. Everybody ain't got to see this because it's nasty. Let me just put that, <laughs> me put that mud on your eye. You, know, you go and wash in the pool. And he said, don't tell nobody. He was smooth. Nowadays, everybody want to be flamboyant. We need the gifts, but maybe not your fleshly depiction of it. Because there's things that make me feel good. I want to see some stuff to know that God is moving. You really just got to know God is moving. He's always there. Read verse 4 to 7. Ready? Read. same spirit and there are a variety of services but the same Lord and there are a variety of activities but the same God who empowers them all in everyone the emphasis in that church was on the gifts the gifts were making individuals the highlight and not Jesus and his lordship. The gifts are the low light. The gifts, there's really only one gift and that's God, the Holy Spirit. And when you receive Jesus Christ, you don't get, you, don't, you get 
you get God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit all coming to dwell on the inside of you. You already have his presence. You already have his gift. So, so when the gifts start being in operation, more of God didn't show up. God just demonstrated his power in a fresh way. We have just as much presence of God with the music, without the music, with praise, without praise, without uh, a whole lot of going on and with a lot going on. You don't need to stir anything up because we're not seeking God through hocus pocus. It's not mind power. It's not speaking to the universe. Speak it out into the universe. You are great. 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 It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Money cometh. Money cometh. I am prosperous. Money cometh. You are delivering an incantation to a spirit that is not God. Sorry. And if you mix it in that humanistic thinking with with the divine power of God, you get confused as to what his power is and what your power is and what demonic power is and what worldly power is. All of this comes from God, the Holy Spirit. And the highlight is not the gifts, it's him himself. And he is manifesting not just within you when the gifts are going, but upon you. That's what the filling of the spirit is. It's him, him that dwells in you, upon you. To do great things. Acts, he says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. John baptized with water, but I baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is it. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to do great things, but I'm so excited that he's got intelligence. He created sobriety. He is most powerful of all times, but he describes himself gentle as a dove. What if we presented God correctly? I wonder what the results would be. I want to read one scripture to you. You can stand to your feet as I read it. And I want my ministry team to come down because you're going to have a moment to experience God. And, and when I say you have a moment to experience God, I want you in this moment not to think about having to stir you, get into some type of deep place. That's not God. Because that would be you manipulating a circumstance or situation. You don't have to manipulate it. Luke 9, Luke 11 Verse 9 and 12. Let's just read this and we'll end with this. Ready? Read. It's not a sin to desire spiritual gifts. And the Bible says pursue spiritual gifts, desire spiritual gifts. It tells you to do all that. 
But what you're really pursuing is him. It's the manifestation of the spirit. It's the promise of God not just in you but upon you. The way you receive is ask. He didn't say you had to do it. You didn't put your hands, half mass, high mass, be in a deep spiritual place. You just ask. It's important that you do it only the way he says do it. Deliverance is not about how you move. It's about what you believe. You could be delivered. There are three people I want to pray for today. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he is not Lord. I'm not about a Lord. I'm talking about Lord, none before him, none after him supreme and by itself if you're not surrendered to him you're going to have an opportunity to come and surrender one of the signs that Jesus is Lord you obey him by being water baptized the Bible says we're buried with him in baptism and we're raised to newness of life if you've never been water baptized or if you were baptized without an understanding of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ you need to get that right you need to do it it's a public demonstration of an inward transformation and finally, if Jesus is Lord and you've not received the promise of God the Holy Spirit upon you, expressing himself through gifts in whatever way he gifts you, then you need that experience. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes, and I'm going to go through these. And when I count to three, I just want you to put your hand up if that's you. If you're not born again or you need to turn to the Lord for the first time maybe or turn back to the Lord when I count to three, I want you to put your hand up in the air real fast and put it down. When I count to three, I want you to put it up real fast and put it down and only I'm looking. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three. Yep. I see you. If you've not obeyed Jesus and been water baptized, you've been putting it off. You've got to have a moment where you acknowledge that. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. I saw all those hands. And finally, if you've not been filled with God's spirit and experienced the power of God and the grace of God and whether, whatever gift form he wants to manifest himself or if you need a fresh touch and you know you do, as you've been hearing this message, you know you do, then on three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. I saw all those hands. Put them down. Look up at me. When I conclude the service, if you raise your hand, we're going to keep worshiping. You just come on down to the altar. Come down for one of those three things. And see that baptism tank? I opened it up because we've been back. Those people you saw baptized, I was from the first service. We're going to stick around here and baptize you today. You ain't going to wait at all. Wait, wait. We got clothes. We got all the stuff you need. You need to get that baptism right. You need to come today. You need to get salvation right. Come today. You need to get it, have a Holy Ghost moment, come today. In fact, I'm going to pray for you. Wait one minute, come back, and then I'll dismiss the service and give you time to come up, come up front. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you are moved by your spirit. Don't let anyone ignore you today, Lord. Trouble their heart. Knock on the door of their heart until they open up, until they say yes. Not a casual yes, a deep yes. I rebuke shame. I rebuke guilt. I rebuke the devil that will hold them back. Let the people who need salvation come. Let the people who need baptism come. Let the people who need to be filled with the Spirit come. Let the people who need deliverance come. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just work.